Aaron Klein here with an important update before you listen to my podcast. I want to let you know that starting in January, the podcasts are going to be moved from this location and are going to be available exclusively at connectpal.com slash Aaron Klein. Now, the podcasts are going to be available for a monthly fee of $4.99. Now, hold on, hold on. Before you react, let me tell you the entire story. For $4.99 a month at connectpal.com slash Aaron Klein, not only will you get exclusive access to the weekend radio podcast, you're also going to get additional benefits. You're going to get exclusive audio updates from me throughout the entire week. Now, a lot of people have been asking me to do something daily. I am finally going to be doing that at connectpal.com slash Aaron Klein. Also, you're going to get access to my exclusive new video blog commentary, which is going to be on the hottest topics of the day. If that's not enough, for $4.99 a month at connectpal.com, you're also going to get my reporter's notebook, which is behind the scenes of my work and investigating. Plus, you will get the news before it breaks. One more time, at connectpal.com, starting in January, $4.99 a month, exclusive access to the podcast, exclusive audio updates throughout the week, my video blog commentary, and my reporter's notebook with behind the scenes and news before it breaks. Now, here's the other aspect to all of this. Not only will you be getting these benefits, but this is now your opportunity to support the radio show and to support my work. As you know, we do the job that the media refuse to do. Uh, there are costs to this. I have a growing research team. We have the costs of the radio show. So this is your way to help us offset some of those costs. So once again, starting in January, and in fact, you can actually go there now and subscribe today. Everything will be moved to connectpal.com slash Aaron Klein. He confronts terrorists live on the air. We are now joined by Dr. Mahmoud al-Zahar, the chief of Hamas in the Gaza Strip. He exposes extremists. So you know that you're a target for assassination, and yet you live under a hospital? Don't you care about civilians? The show that breaks the news and makes the news. The interview that we just did on this program 45 minutes ago is now linked at Drudge and making news around the world. Now, live from Tel Aviv, Israel, transmitting across the globe to New York City via AM 970, The Answer, a reporter who does the job the rest of the media refuse to do. It's Aaron Klein, Investigative Radio, with journalist and best-selling author Aaron Klein and AM 970, The Answer. Here's the one thing that we really have to understand about the Sololinsky strategy that President Obama is about to deploy and has been since the start of his presidency on the American public. Here's the thing about the progressive, so-called progressive establishment. It's that they just gnaw and gnaw and gnaw away at the foundation of something, in this case of our democracy, and they're like termites. The thing is, you don't even realize that the foundation has been completely destroyed until actually it has been destroyed, and it brings chaos, and it brings an emergency. The thing is this, is that the progressive establishment, uh, and you can go back and actually trace, let's say, socialist ideology. They're very, very, very patient. They wait for not only decades, but in some in some cases for over a century to penetrate a government, to penetrate a system, to penetrate a party, and then to eventually bring about, well, in this case, let's just call it the fundamental transformation of the United States. But the thing is that the progressives understand that they've never had it so good. They never had it as good as when they have this Manchurian candidate 
in office, Manchuria and I say this not because he's, he owes some allegiance to some foreign power, but because, as I have shown time and time again, including in many books, including in this radio show, that from start to finish, this guy, President Obama's policies, are being dictated not by him, but actually by a who's who of key progressive organizations. So I think that they understand that time is of the essence. The guy has only two, less than two years left in office. So this is why we see so many things being pushed through left and right. In this case, actually, I want to focus specifically on what we're seeing, and it's really a growing national emergency. But as I said, like the termites gnawing away at a foundation, I don't think we're going to really feel the full effects of this emergency until way after President Obama leaves office. I'm talking about the growing news story of immigration, of illegal immigrants pouring into our country at an alarming rate. And then President Obama, through whatever it is, interagency memo, executive action, let's say in the near future, will ensure that they're here forever. But actually, you know what, before that, here's one thing that I I really need everybody to, uh, to understand. That is that the illegal immigrants who are already here, I don't care what you hear on talk radio. I don't care what you hear in different sides on internet forums. I can guarantee you, I would say almost 100%, 99%, that they are never going to be deported ever. The vast majority of all illegals who have crossed into the United States are never going to be deported, no matter what anybody else says. You know, it's simply absolutely impossible. So they know this. The Department of Homeland Security knows this. And so I have to give props to finally there's somebody else out there, some other reporter who's actually doing their job. This is a staggering story that the national news media should be completely embarrassed because they have been outscooped. Of course, they've been outscooped because they're never going to actually tell you the truth about this. They have been uh, outscooped by a Houston television reporter. I've got to give his name. His name's Robert Arnold. He deserves a journalism award, although actually what he did in this one story, I kind of do every single day and weekly on this radio show. But I'm so glad, so emboldened. Whenever I hear that there's actually somebody else out there, and not, of course, just him, but there are others, and there are some other internet websites, and there are some, of course, great talk radio hosts who do this, but, of course, the vast majority of the media refuse. So Robert Arnold at Houston's Channel 2 television found something with regard to the illegals who are coming in tens of thousands this summer alone, and how they're being released on their own recognizance, and then failing to show up for court. And then the vast majority of them, of course, are ordered deported. But here's the thing. Because they don't show up for court, and we know this, we can't find them. So, okay, I want you to actually listen to Robert Arnold, Houston's local Channel 2, and what he found. And then I'm going to take it much, much, much further exclusively. Also, as we kick off the second action-packed hour here at Aaron Klein Investigative Radio, I am, of course, going to continue to take your calls, 877-970-2999. That's 877-970-2999. For the, those of you who are just joining us for the second hour and you missed the first hour, first of all, you missed the first hour that is not to miss, so make sure that you check out the podcast. You can always get them by the link at kleinonline.com or, of course, by going to am970theanswer.com. Although, remember my announcement that I made last week about how the podcasts are going to be changing their locations in the future to connectpal.com slash Aaron Klein. So 877-970-2999 on the many topics that we're discussing. Plus, I'm extending the topic from the first hour, which is this. If you missed it, I asked. I do this once a year. We're doing it today. That is, 
I'm doing a survey of listeners here. And by the way, I repeat, uh, I mentioned this in the first hour. Nobody ever asked me to do this survey. Nobody in the talk radio business or certainly at Salem Radio knows I'm even doing this survey until right now when they're listening. So it has nothing to do with anything other than my own interest in keeping up with what you guys think. So the annual survey is this. If you missed the first hour, start calling up 877-970-2999. I'm taking suggestions for topics for the future broadcasts here on this radio show. What suggestions do you have? Also, in general, what do you think that uh, I'm doing that you'd like to hear more of? What do you think I'm doing that you want to hear less of? And I'm not saying necessarily that I'm 100% going to take every suggestion and run for it, but uh, run with it. But but that's how important it is. Listener feedback. Of course, you can also email the feedback at the contact page on kleinonline.com or, of course, on facebook.com slash Aaron Klein Show or twitter.com at Aaron Klein Show. But we're live right now, so call them in, 877-970-2999. I'm also going to continue to take your calls from the first hour topic, which we're going to continue to discuss now uh, in this hour, which is the child sex ring and the possibility of American politicians being blackmailed. Okay, without further ado, I want to get immediately to this local Houston Channel 2 investigative report by their local investigative reporter, who apparently really knows what he's doing, Robert Arnold. Take a listen to this one, this amazing story, and then as I just said, I'm going to take it much, much, much further. We're getting new details tonight about the border surge that dominated the headlines this summer, specifically what has happened to the thousands of people, especially children who came into Texas from Mexico illegally. Most of them were on the government's radar when they came across, but now, as many expected, they have simply disappeared. These are new details you'll see only on two tonight. Investigative reporter Robert Arnold joining us live now with the new numbers and what they mean. Robert? After six months of requesting this information, we have finally received a snapshot as to what's happening with the thousands of unaccompanied children and families caught illegally crossing our southern border over the summer and fall. What the information shows is there is a lot of work when it comes to moving these cases through immigration courts and when it comes to finding those who've disappeared. Now, stop it for a minute. Let me me just add here. They didn't just disappear. We let them go. We let them in on their own recognizance. With uh, what that means, of course, is that they're released, but actually that they have to show up in, in the very near future for a court date. Anyway, continue Robert Arnold. Tens of thousands of unaccompanied children and families from Central America were caught crossing our southern border this year. After being caught, thousands of these individuals had to be released on their own recognizance because there wasn't enough detention space. All were ordered to appear before an immigration judge at a later date. Total numbers are not yet available, but after several requests, Local 2 Investigates received information on the status of those caught crossing the border between July and October. Of the more than 30,000 families and unaccompanied children caught crossing the border during this time, only 22% have received an immigration court decision as to whether they will be allowed to stay in the U.S. or deported. When it comes to those ordered removed from the U.S., many can't be found. Of the more than 4,100 families released on their own recognizance and who've been ordered removed from the country, 96% were done in absentia. That means they didn't show up for court, and federal officials will have to find them. 
federal officials will have to find them. I'm sure that they're working uh, day and night to try to find them instead of trying to use the IRS and other things to try to map out the connections of the Tea Party and others who are mounting legitimate resistance to this government. Okay, I I just want to take a minute to digest these numbers. From July to October, 30,000, not people, he said, 30,467 families have crossed illegal and uh, illegally into the United States, and that's just the ones who are caught. That's just the ones that we know about. And then of those, first of all, the vast majority haven't even received any court decisions, but only 22% actually did. And then he just said, 96%, that is huge, 96% of all court decisions were done while these illegal aliens were not in court, meaning they're never going to be found, they're in the United States, They're not stupid. They know that that once they're in here, they're eventually going to be uh, reformed and given eventually benefits, including, by the way, probably voter rights. So anyway, it it actually falls now to the DHS, Department of Homeland Security, and of course ICE, to find the illegal aliens, which they're obviously never going to do, seeing as though actually one huge news story that the media is completely ignoring is what we discussed here on this radio show many months ago with a border agent. He admitted, he said, actually, we're not being used to protect the border. Instead, we're actually being used to facilitate illegal aliens coming into the United States. He described to me shower runs. He described to me how they're washing blankets. That's what the border agents are doing right now under the Obama administration. And actually, remember, he described how they, border agents, are even facilitating the transport of the illegal alien children to their ultimate destinations. In other words, they're serving as taxis for the illegal aliens, bringing them wherever they're supposed to ultimately go, instead of stopping them from coming in. So this reporter actually, uh, Arnold of Channel 2, received this statement from the DHS, which of course claims they're going to do everything they can to try to stop, to find the illegals who've been brought into the United States. Now, today, officials with the Department of Homeland Security reiterated all those caught illegally crossing the border after January 1st are a top priority, both in having their cases resolved in immigration court and in finding those who failed to show up for court. (laughs) Uh, Top priority. I mean, that's just too funny. Come on. Unless actually maybe they're a top priority to find them to give them, uh, let's say, voter registration cards and, uh, and welfare and, of course, Obamacare. So, okay, first of all, we have an, and again, I'm taking your calls in just a minute or two, 877-970-2999. So we have an epidemic in this country, first of all, not only of illegals coming in, but an overwhelming uh, number, so we can't handle them, so we release them, and then they're told to show up in court, and they don't, ever. Of course they don't, because they're going to be ordered to be removed. So, okay, here's a, a huge part of the puzzle that actually takes this much further. I'm going to show you how actually the government for over a decade and a half has known these statistics, has known that illegal aliens fail to show up for their court date, and yet for some reason, well, we know the reason, they want to flood them, uh, they, uh, the U.S. government, unfortunately, under the Democrats, want to flood the illegal aliens into the United States. So they're released constantly on their own recognizance. Now, how do I know? How do I know that the U.S. government has known this statistic for quite some time? Actually, we did the investigating here. The article's up at KleinOnline.com. It has been all over the media since at least the 1990s that illegal aliens crossing in do not show up and face no real consequences when they don't show up in immigration court. For example, December 28, 1993, 
Knight Rider newspaper reported the U.S. Immigration and Naturalization Services, quote, lost control of its most effective weapon, deporting unwanted immigrants. Actually, at the time, they said that a full 35 percent or 25,000 illegal aliens who came in that year alone in 1992 did not show up. I mean, it sounds familiar for their deportation hearings. Of course, they didn't show up. And then the report. This is, again, 1992. They said INS has no tracking system to find undocumented immigrants who didn't show up. So, okay, fast forward another 12 years. 2005, Washington Times reports this. They report that a full 70% of all illegal aliens released on their own recognizance after being captured illegally crossing our southern border, 70% do not show up for their court dates. Let's fast forward next to September 2005. At that time, the Washington Times reported only 13% of the illegals released on their own recognizance have showed up for their court dates. 2006, you know, I can go on and on. You get the point. This has been known to the federal government. This, that if they release them, there is a huge percentage, in this case now 96% in the latest statistics, that they're not going to show up for court, meaning they're here for good, meaning we know about this, meaning it's a huge game. So, first of all, my question to you is what to do about this, 877-970-2999, plus I'm taking your calls next on suggestions for this radio show, plus next I'm going to show you the, the new racism under President Obama. He's now trying to convince us, actually, that if you oppose illegal immigration and immigration reform, you're a nativist. What does that even mean? And who invented this? I'm going to out them next, plus your calls, 877-970-2999. Dennis Prager pushes back against big government. Pima County announcing it's considering seriously not hiring people and firing people who smoke outside work. I don't care how much you hate smoking. If you are now going to allow the government to fire you because of things you do outside of work that are legal, then we really have abandoned the American Revolution. The Dennis Prager Show. Weekdays at 1, right before Michael Medved at 3 on AM 970. The Answer. If you're losing your hair and want your own hair back, call Dr. Barry DiBernardo at New Jersey Plastic Surgery. As one of the leading hair restoration experts in the country, he'll provide you with a variety of hair transplant and hair restoration options tailored to your personal situation to ensure a natural, youthful look. All this in a state-of-the-art facility with a world-class team focused on you and on achieving the best possible results for your hair. If you're looking to get your own natural hair back, make your appointment today by calling Dr. Barry DiBernardo at New Jersey Plastic Surgery. I'm Dr. Barry DiBernardo, and I'm personally committed to helping you restore your own hair so you can look and feel younger. To learn more, call 855-7-MY-NJPS. That's 855-7-MY-NJPS. Or visit NewJerseyPlasticSurgery.com. That's NewJerseyPlasticSurgery.com. Hello, AM 970 listeners. This is Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. I'm celebrating my company's 10-year anniversary with a very special offer for all of you. You can take 50% off everything I carry from now till the end of the year. Now is the perfect time to get your first MyPillow or to get one as a gift. You'll find out why MyPillow was just named the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation. I offer a 10-year warranty that it won't go flat, a 60-day money-back guarantee. You can wash and dry it just like your favorite blue jeans. I guarantee 
guarantee you my pillow will be the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. And with the holidays not far off, you can give the gift of a good night's sleep to everyone on your list. For the MyPillow 50% sale, call 800-651-0798. Use promo code AM970. You can also go to MyPillow.com, but make sure you use the promo code AM970. Don't miss out on MyPillow's 10th anniversary sale by mentioning AM970 when you call 800-651-0798. That's 1-800-651-0798. Promo code AM970. Power 50 of top talk radio shows streamed on the internet. We now return to Aaron Klein on AM 970, The Answer. Coming up shortly, evidence of death panels within the text of Obamacare itself. I see here, uh, 3.23 a.m., by the way, my time, where I'm broadcasting from live right now, in Tel Aviv, Israel, 8.23 uh, p.m. in New York and across the nation, at least on the East Coast. I see that the audience has uh, awakened, uh, although I don't know if it's awakened or that the NFL game is now over. 877-970-2999. Let's hit the phone line. Let's start first with Dave in Irvington. Hi, Dave. I guess if you guys in New York can put Dave on, I'm having some trouble again. Dave in Irvington, welcome. Happy, welcome, Mr. Klein. Happy New Year to you, first of all. Happy New Year. Yes, you know, it's great to speak to you again, you know, for the first time in 2014, 2015. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Absolutely. Uh, before I get to, you know, my comments on the so-called progressive agenda, well, um, I have an idea for, uh, you know, a, a very interesting show for 2015. Um, I would like, you know, if possible... I think you could do a great job in in uh, presenting uh, alternative points of view in the Muslim community. You know, uh, you can have you know um, the the great uh, Dr. M. Zudi Jazzer, who represents Muslims like myself, who love America, love our Christian and Jewish brothers and sisters. Put him up against a a jihadi type or a supporter of ISIS. And, and, you know, yeah, absolutely. And, and, it's a very good idea. In fact, actually, I've had Judy Jasser on my previous radio program on a different station. So, yeah, I'm sure, I would love to have that. And actually, Dave, I think we should even take it further and put Muslims here in the Middle East who are victims of ISIS, who are victims of those trying to pose extremist views on them within Islam, to put them on the radio. Absolutely. Uh, did you have also another uh, suggestion for the radio show or another topic you wanted to discuss? Yes, I, I I wanted to um, to get into the so-called progressive uh, agenda, and uh, you know I I for years I have been trying to educate um, people within my community, you know, as, as a black man about the fact that you know the race demagogues, you know, yes they are the ones out front, you know, trying to stir the people up, but the race demagogues are also being used. They're being used by you know ultra white anarchists who whose sole purpose is to destroy America from within and what better Oh yeah 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 in fact actually why don't you uh, take a listen to my podcast from last week and t- uh, I guess it was last week yeah I did the the whole opening and then 2 weeks ago about just that about how it's not even by the way African American organizations it's communist socialist marxist Leninist, Occupy-esque organizations that actually have been leading 
uh, the Eric Garner uh, protests, which have nothing to do with race. They could care less about race. Uh, and by the way, I want to point out, David, I'm sure you saw the New York Post article. If not, uh, check it out. I don't work for the Post, so I'm just uh, pointing people there because it's such a great article. How Sharpton gets paid to not cry racism, quote unquote, at corporations. This thing's huge. This is a scandal. This guy needs to resign from MSNBC immediately. And I think pay reparations for what he's been doing to these corporations. He has shaken down GM. He has shaken down Macy's, Pfizer, and others. Uh, General, By the way, General Motors tied to uh, MSNBC and the parent company NBC, where it seems to me, and it seems to the New York Post, he got a lot of these donations from them and then threatened at first to uh, bring uh, different racism charges against them if they don't. And then all of a sudden they pay him off, apparently, and then uh, he doesn't go and uh, go ahead with these uh, claims of racism. Anyway, uh, David Irvington, thank you so much for the call. Uh, let's go next to Matt in New Jersey, who's been waiting quite some time. Hi, Matt, New Jersey. Welcome. Yes, hello. Yes. Last, last January, there was a report on WND that... There's a PDF document that was direct linked from the White House contractor to the White House that they knew a year beforehand that the whole flood is going to come. And it wasn't just a, some a, some circumstances that came in. They, they, they beforehand they wanted the comments that they could just say was a was a problem with the border, but they actually the White House actually knew about it. It wasn't just, it just it was yeah yeah yeah. You're talking before. about the uh, hundred order for at least a hundred thousand blankets. You know what was that for? Uh, the order for other supplies for the illegal alien children that Obama, first of all, they had to have known that Obama would, uh, that illegal aliens would come in the minute. I mean, obviously, if you announce that young illegal aliens who come into the border are are going to get amnesty pretty much, which is what Obama did. So obviously we're going to have a flood. We're going to open the floodgates. But I took it a step further, further just a minute ago. I showed how all the way back to the 1990s, the U.S. government knew they had to have known if you release illegals at the southern border, you release them into the United States with a court date, we know they won't show up to court. We know that once they're in, they're in. So how is it possible that nothing has been done over the years to stop this uh, issue? Uh, 96% now of illegal aliens don't show up to their court date. Uh, thank you, Matt, for your call. Let's go to John in Madison, who's also been waiting for about 45 minutes. Thank you very much. Uh, John and Madison, welcome uh, to Aaron Klein Investigative Radio. Uh, I asked John for the audience to give suggestions for que for for topics for the radio show, for what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of. I'll go for it, John and Madison. What what do you think? Uh, what would you rather hear more or less of? Well, I would like you to uh, continue to look into the activities of Mr. Holder and his uh, his very strange uh, work arrangement, and he has extended time on the job. Normally, I think most agency heads leave right away after they uh, resign. However, he's been allowed to stay until Mr. Uh, Obama can uh, replace or finds a suitable replacement. The thing is, I don't see why he can't be re replaced by somebody who is a subordinate in the Justice Department right away. Right rather than allow him to continue. We know that he's already been involved with uh, inciting rioters uh, down in, uh, in Ferguson, and that, of course, uh, came out to, turned out to be a national problem, not just a, a Ferguson problem. We know that his... Which, by the way, let me just stop you there, directly led, make no mistake about it, to the blood of two New York police officers. Yeah. And I, I, I believe that largely Eric Holder, Al Sharpton, Barack Obama... Bill de Blasio need to be held accountable absolutely for what happened in New York. Uh, continue. Go for it. 
Well, we know that Mr. Holder's best uh, talents had to do with stifling investigations, not uh, not pursuing uh, investigations that might be harmful to his boss. And with that regard to the latest scandal that you uh, came out with tonight, there's a lot of questions, but to me that appears to be uh, one that involves interstate activity. Therefore, that should be investigated by a federal law enforcement uh, organization, not left up to local ones or state ones. And so, so I you're, yeah, I because we have here the southern border in Houston, it crosses over in sure, uh, to Texas. A foreign country. It, yeah, it's, it's a huge, huge story, too, right? So Absolutely. Therefore, uh, could it? Yes. Could it yeah. be that Mr. Holder already knows the answers to the questions you've already asked? This, this, oh, of uh, course they know. Evening. Come on. Of course they absolutely know the answers. Eight, and speaking of answers and questions, I'm taking more next. 877-970-2999. Eric Holder knows. Barack Obama knows that when you allow millions of illegals in and you give them a court date, it's a joke. It's a hoax. And the joke is on us. And we are going to pay for it economically in the years and decades to come. Trust me. Evidence of death panels in Obamacare. It's totally exclusive. Plus more of your calls. We're on fire here in the second hour. News. Opinion. Passion. This is AM 970. The Answer. 55 degrees and cloudy. What's going on? We have the answer. Arrangements have been made for the funeral of former New York Governor Mario Cuomo. Mitch Levy tells us the wake will be held on Monday and the funeral on Tuesday. The wake for the three-term New York governor will be held at the Frankie Campbell Funeral Home on the Upper East Side from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. and then again from 7 to 10. Services will take place on Tuesday at St. Ignatius Church on Park Avenue. Governor Andrew Cuomo said on Saturday that he already misses his father. There is a hole in my heart that I fear is going to be there forever. In addition to the governor, Mario Cuomo is survived by his wife, Matilda, and four other children, including CNN anchor Chris Cuomo and 14 grandchildren. The Cuomos had been married for 60 years. Cuomo died on New Year's Day of heart failure. He was 82 years old. Mitch Levy, New York. Thousands of police officers turned out for the funeral of murdered officer Win Jin Liu. Terry Sheridan has the details. Posthumously promoted detective Wen Jin Liu was remembered as a good son, a good husband, a good cop, but most of all, a good man. Mayor de Blasio. And he was taken to us, taken from us much too soon. His widow, Pei Jia Chen, was overwhelmed by the thousands of officers who turned 65th Street into a sea of blue under the gray sky. I thank you. My extended family, my family of blue. There was some controversy when some cops turned their back on Mayor de Blasio during his eulogy. Detective Liu was escorted to his rest by a motorcade consisting of at least 200 motorcycles. Terry Sheridan, Brooklyn. Taking a look at some uh, local sports action. It's uh, late in the fourth, and Brooklyn is leading Miami 74-81, and Milwaukee is leading the Knicks 30-23. Partly cloudy for the overnight, low dropping down to 37. For Monday, partly cloudy and windy, and a high getting up to 37. Alternate side parking regulations in effect. You now know what's going on on Mayan Levinson, AM 970, The Answer. Tim McClune is proud to announce his newest establishment, C.J. McClune's Pub and Grill in Tinton Falls, New Jersey. Located at 560 Shrewsbury Avenue, C.J. McClune's features traditional American casual dining for lunch and dinner seven days a week. 
A separated dining room from the pub allows guests to enjoy themselves in an intimate setting. Join us nightly for happy hour specials from 3.30 to 6.30, and then again from 9 p.m. to close. With 14 televisions and NFL Sunday ticket, C.J. McClune's is the perfect place to catch all the sports action. And of course, C.J. McClune's is proud to offer McClune's famous Sunday brunch each week from 10.30 to 3 o'clock. Make your reservations today by calling us at 732-758-0800 or visit us online at www.cjmcclunes.com. McClune's Restaurants, the first name in dining at the Jersey Shore and beyond. Come see for yourself. The only local weekend host to make the highly coveted Talkers Heavy 100 list of top radio shows in America. Now, back to Aaron Klein on AM 970, The Answer. Did you see the story linked at Drudge just a few days ago? Another week goes by and we have yet another shocked admission by our favorite architect of Obamacare, Jonathan Gruber. This time, Gruber says this. He he concedes. He admitted, first of all, that Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, would be far more costly to the average American, to every American, in fact, than what President Obama was presenting to the American public. In other words, Obama was lying as a policy when he deceptively marketed his signature legislation, Obamacare. Remember, he claimed, of course, famously, infamously, one of the biggest lies of our of the decade, that you can keep your doctor if you like it, you can keep your insurance plan if you like it. He also told us that the cost would go down. They didn't, they wouldn't, and they knew that from the start. Okay, so Gruber, first of all, admitted this was a lecture in 2009. It was highlighted this past week by the dailycaller.com, uh, which found this. So back before it was passed, Gruber admitted, as obviously can only be the case, that the Affordable Care Act, seeing as though we're going to have hun- tens of millions of uninsured that we also have to pay for, he admitted, firstly, that the Affordable Care Act would be way more costly to every average American than what was previously being discussed. And then second, amazingly, astonishingly, he admitted that there would be rationing, and he admitted that there would be denial of some treatments under Obamacare, because obviously this is the only way that you can pay for the 45 million uninsured. In other words, there has to be eventually some sort of rationing under Obamacare, he admitted, and also denial of some treatments. No, here's the thing. First of all, it's astonishing to me, astonishing enough, that we can have, in 2009, an advisor to the Obama legislation, health care legislation, uh, in fact, one of the crafters of the health care law, that he can go around. Can you imagine, under the Bush administration, if Bush had some signature policy, and one of the crafters of this policy went around and gave lectures and then interviews to smaller media outlets and talked about how actually the policy was pretty much being deceptively marketed to the American public, and that uh, everything that we, we were told about Obamacare virtually from start to finish is a big deception and a big lie, where would the rest of the news media be? Would it take them two years, three years to finally catch up to the fact that this key architect of Obamacare was going around and saying this stuff? I seriously doubt it. Remember in 2008 when it was reported, the Associated Press actually sent 10 researchers, 10 reporters to pour through the emails of Sarah Palin. And by the way, they found virtually nothing. 
Why doesn't the Associated Press, why doesn't Reuters, why doesn't the New York Times, why doesn't CNN take 10 reporters and have them read the entire text of Obamacare? How about that? Instead of how they poured through Sarah Palin's emails, what about pouring through legislation that affects the fundamental transformation of the United States and that impacts pretty much every single American? No, of course not. They don't bother to actually do that. Well, I did, and here's the, uh, the bigger scandal, and here's where, where I'm more concerned. First of all, I found that uh, that Gruber is by far, by far, not the only Obama insider who admitted, who conceded that Obamacare has to lead to death panels, that Obamacare eventually has to lead to rationing. Even more concerning than that is that I personally read key section. I, I didn't read the whole thing. Uh, it would it would have taken a very long time. I, I admit I still have to go through more sections of Obamacare. However, the sections that I personally read so far, actually within it, within the text of Obamacare. So this is not outside advisors speculating. This is not outside advisors who crafted it, by the way, admitting that there could be death panels and rationing. Actually, it's within some sections of the Obamacare legislation itself, sections that I personally read and that I found. 877-970-2999. 877-970-2999. Taking more of your questions and comments in just a few minutes. Right now, I want to go to the inner circle of President Obama, who admitted, all in the open, all out there. Any other new, a member of the news media should have spotlighted this because it was all out there. Uh, but it, incredibly, it was hidden in public. It was hidden in plain sight. They were admitting, left and right, in fact, that there will be rationing and possibly death, death panels under Obamacare. Now, actually, before we get to that, okay, let me, because maybe you haven't seen the article, let's get first to what Jonathan Gruber conceded in this 2009 lecture. Unfortunately, actually, the Daily Caller apparently didn't find any audio. Instead, the entire lecture was transcribed into a policy brief, so I have to read you some of the statements here. Here is Gruber a few months, October 2nd, 2009, a few months, of course, before the health care legislation was passed. He, he said this. First, he said, quote, and I'm, I'm quoting from Gruber directly. The problem is it's, it starts to go hand in hand with the mandate. You can't mandate insurance that's not affordable. This is going to be a major issue. In other words, he's talking about here the costs of the health care legislation for each individual. He, he's, he continued. He said, so what's the difference this time? Why are we closer than we've ever been before? He's talking, of course, about why are we closer to passing Obamacare than we've ever been before? He said, quote, because there is no cost controls in these proposals, because this bill is about coverage, which is good. Why should we hold 48 million uninsured people hostage to the fact that we don't yet know how to control costs in a politically acceptable way, he said. Let the people cover, uh, let, let's get the people covered, he said, and then let's do cost control. So first, this is astonishing because he's admitting that the entire thing is a socialist bill, He talks about, actually, it's simply just about getting everybody covered. In other words, you're going to pay for the 45 million uninsured. And let's not even have a conversation now about costs, because he knows that the only way to do this is for costs to rise astronomically for everybody. Now he continues. He actually says that the only way to control costs, actually, is through rationing. He says the real substance of cost control, I'm quoting him here, is all about one single thing telling patients they can't have something they want. 
It's about telling patients, he said, that surgery doesn't do any good. So if you want it, you have to pay the full cost. Now, okay, obviously this had to have been the case, but the fact that he is admitting to this uh, is, is unbelievable, but actually he's admitting to something more. He's not simply admitting to the fact that costs are going to go up. He's admitting there has to be rationing. It's about telling the patient, he said, that surgery doesn't do any good. Well, wait a minute. So in other words, the government now is going to determine for you which surgery does good and which surgery doesn't do good. Now, before I tell you about inside the Obamacare, uh, inside Obamacare itself, because it has the possibility of death panels in it, this has been largely ignored, largely unreported inside the text itself. For me, one of the most uh, uh, one of the most frustrating aspects of this is that the media, the news media, has been completely complacent, has been completely to blame, a complete abrogation of duty in failing to report that actually. Other Obamacare advisors, left and right, were popping up, and other advisors for the Obama administration and former advisors admitting, sometimes even on the opinion sections of the New York Times, and that actually it didn't go any further, admitting that there has to be rationing eventually under Obamacare. Case in point, this was astonishing. Uh, back in September 2012, Stephen Ratner, remember him? He was actually the lead auto advisor to President Obama. He, he was actually called the car czar, uh, lead advisor to the tre uh, Treasury Department on uh, the automobile industry. And also, more importantly, he serves on the board of the New American Foundation, which was, uh, by the way, George Soros-funded group, instrumental in promoting Obamacare. In the opinion sections of the New York Times, Ratner actually wrote an opinion piece. It's called Beyond Obamacare, in which he proclaimed, first and foremost, quote, we need death panels. He also further explained how the rising costs eventually under Obamacare can lead to nothing other than rationing. He then, by the way, and this is really startling, he, he figured out specific, he, he fingled, uh, singled out specifically elderly patients for the possibility of benefit cuts and rationing. And then he concluded, he actually said that we may shrink from such stomach-wrenching choices, but in the end, they are inescapable. Now, okay, here's the thing, and now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take your calls in just a few, a minute or two. It's one thing, we can absolutely sit here and have an argument about, you know, Jonathan Gruber says this, is it really true? Stephen Ratner says that, is it really true? Uh, and by the way, I have others, including from the Center for American Progress, who conceded that the only possibility eventually under Obamacare is health care rationing. But in the end, they could just deny it. We can have all the hearings we want on Capitol Hill. They can say, oh, you know, Ratner, like Obama lies. Remember, he said, oh, that, that guy's Bill Ayers. From my, he's just a guy from my neighborhood. When we know he wasn't just a guy from uh, your neighborhood, you worked on boards with him, Obama. You funded radical groups with him, Obama. He gave you his first job. So similarly now, Obama, of course, has been trying to distance himself from Gruber. But here's the thing. I don't even let, let's put Gruber aside. Let's put Ratner aside. Let's put all of the Obamacare deceptions and lies aside, and there are so many of them. There is actually text within, the, within, within Obamacare itself that I personally found that, to me, absolutely evidences the possibility of health care rationing and eventually even death panels. Completely unreported, by the way, by the vast majority of the news media. The, uh, here's what I found. Obamacare, the Prote uh, Patient Protection and Affordable uh, Care Act, again, I read key sections of it, it actually calls for the funding, and this has already been funded, of something, a, a new institute called 
the Patient-Centered Outcomes Research Institute. Now, again, I read the actual bill. The new institute, Patient-Centered Outcomes Research Institute, funded to the tune of billions of dollars by President Obama's health care legislation. What does it do? It's actually uh, supposed to carry out comparative clinical effectiveness research. Comparative clinical effectiveness research. What does that mean? Actually, healthcare law defines it. It defines this as evaluating and comparing health outcomes and clinical effectiveness, risks, and benefits of two or more medical treatments or services, including surgeries. In other words, Obamacare, first of all, funds an institute that has as its very purpose to compare different uh, treatments and surgeries. And then uh, then they determine, not you, not your doctor, but they, the government and their panel of experts that are uh, set forth in Obamacare, they determine at the end of the day what is clinically effective, and then they're comparing the risks and benefits. Now, for now, the the actual bill doesn't say exactly which what is going to be done in the future with this research. Just the fact that they're even doing this comparative research, comparing treatments. First of all, by the way, th- th- this really leaves open the possibility of major lobbying by the pharmaceutical companies in the future to, let's say, these panel of experts. So there could be a lot of corruption here. Oh, no, 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 no way there could be corruption under any Obamacare legislation, as if Let's say the entire green stimulus, which I showed, by the way, some of the authors of the very green stimulus serve on boards that received hundreds of millions of dollars in handouts by the Obama administration. Nobody ever reported on that. So this leaves open huge possibilities for corruption. But okay, let's even put that aside. What else does this leave open the possibility for? It leaves open the possibility for the government to say, well, hey, we did research uh, and they can tell you this. You need a certain surgery. Uh, well, wait a minute. We did research, and it shows here that this medication works better than that medication. Of course, this medication is probably going to be cheaper or is tied to lobby companies that are probably tied to the Obama administration. Or they can say, okay, you need you need that surgery? Well, I'm sorry. We did this research, and it shows us that either you don't need this surgery because it's not cost-effective, or at the end of the day, uh, another th- kind of treatment will, will work better. They're going to determine now, in case you're thinking, no way, that could never happen, not by this government. Okay, let me actually tell you in one paragraph, let me just read uh, to you a, a, a single paragraph, it's very short, in the health care bill that actually says the Secretary of Health and Human Services in the future can actually limit, quote-unquote, alternative treatments that were determined by the panel of experts in this health institute uh, that it will not extend somebody's life. That's right. Let me read this to you. It says here, paragraph one shall not be construed as, oh, by the way, paragraph one first says that the Secretary of State and Human Services may not use research data from the new institute uh, in a manner that treats the life of an elderly or disabled person any different from somebody who's younger. But actually, it says that they can deny treatments. It says, so that's what paragraph one says. So now it says paragraph one shall not be construed, I'm reading from the health care bill, completely unreported section here, exclusive to this radio show, uh, paragraph one shall not be construed as preventing the secretary, again, the secretary of health and human services, quote, from using evidence or findings from such comparative clinical effectiveness research, 
let me just stop right there. In other words, the research I just talked about that the government carried out about treatments and which one works better and surgeries and which one works better. So it says this paragraph shall not be construed as preventing the secretary from using evidence or findings from such comparative clinical effectiveness research in determining coverage, reimbursement or incentive program under this title based upon a comparison of the difference in the effectiveness of alternative treatment in extending an individual's life due to the individual's age, disability, or terminal illness. In other words, it says right there in that qualifier in legal terms and legal ease that in the future, the Secretary of Health can use the research determined by the government to deny treatment or deny reimbursements of treatment or in determining coverage. It's there. It's in Obamacare. Anyway, 877-970-2999 here. I'm taking calls immediately after the break. We're going to do a speed round. I see all of you guys from Minnesota to New Jersey to Manhattan to Long Island and beyond. 877-970-2999. More of your calls. In fact, only your calls next. Michael Medved sees improvement in Washington. Our government is one of the worst parts of our country right now, and it needs desperately to improve. You know what? The bill they just passed, the the so-called Promnibus bill, it cuts the cost of operating the Congress of the United States 11%, the most it's ever been cut in history. They're going to be firing all kinds of superfluous staff people, and it's a great thing. The Michael Medved Show, afternoons at 3, right before Joe Walsh at 5, on AM 970, The Answer. If you're struggling with infertility or know someone who is, call the dedicated and caring infertility doctors at University Reproductive Associates today. Their highly experienced physicians will take the time needed to understand your unique personal situation. They'll answer all of your questions with compassion and clarity and provide you with personalized fertility options to help you achieve pregnancy. After all, they understand the emotional toll infertility can take. I'm Dr. Peter McGovern. At University Reproductive Associates, we've helped thousands of couples achieve pregnancy and start the family they've always wanted. And we do it in a caring and compassionate manner. We're sensitive to your concerns about multiple pregnancy. Our motto for years has been one miracle at a time. Call today to make your appointment at 201-340-9232. That's 201-340-9232. Or visit them at uranj.com. That's uranj.com. What you hear on this show may be in the news tomorrow. Here's Aaron Klein on AM 970, The Answer. I'll call it the stupidity of the American voter or whatever, but basically that was really, really critical to getting the thing to pass. I can't get enough of Jonathan Gruber. I actually think he's my favorite person of 2014. I love him. I mean, he literally just admitted everything that we have been trying to report here on this radio show. We have a completely uh, jam-packed call line, so I'm going to get to your calls. I, I also quickly want to note that another section of Obamacare, which I read, hasn't really been reported anywhere else, says that the new institute actually is going to study the effectiveness of treatments in subpopulations, including racial and ethnic minorities, women age, and groups of individuals with different comorbidities, genetic or molecular subtypes, or quality of life preferences. 
So there's even the popular uh, the possibility in the future of let's say healthcare rationing based on ethnicity or even some sort of other thing. And by the way, I noticed today actually a huge story that Medicare is now going to open up the door for transgendered uh, individuals to have sex change operations. Now, you know, I know that they go through, and and I'm not minimizing the pain and suffering that those go through who have different identities or they think they have different identities. A, a very difficult life. Uh, but there are major questions here about why Medicare should pay for this. Is this really an elective surgery? I mean, I know that they claim psychological damage. Uh, what if I say, you know, I... I think I actually really like my nose, but let's say I had some huge nose. I don't, but let's say I did, and it caused me psychological damage. Well, why doesn't Obamacare pay for a reconstructive surgery of a nose? Or what if a, a woman has, let's say, psychological issues because uh, her her breasts are too small, she thinks. So what about uh, in the future, uh, Obamacare paying for that, for uh, enlargement surgery? Uh, where does it stop? Uh, is there going to be preferential treatment? I think we're already seeing it. Anyway, let's get immediately to Obamacare, uh, uh, to your phone calls. Sorry, five minutes left. Uh, we're going to try to get through as many phone calls as possible. I have a national audience here. Let's go to Jen in Minnesota. Hi, Jen from Minnesota. Welcome. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. Uh, yeah, yeah, I see you're calling from Minnesota, first of all. I'm curious, how did you hear about this radio show? Because right now I'm not on any, in any radio station in Minnesota. No, sir, I'm listening online, as I always yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm listening to uh, your uh, national radio show out of, uh, out of New York, as I Oh, do okay, yeah, so you're listening I, out I, of New York in Minnesota. As uh, I excellent, okay, so... And I, sure. just moved, uh, I just moved here a few months ago, and I'm still listening to you. Um, I used to live in Seattle, and I've been listening to you forever. First thing wow, is, I can't believe that we don't understand that Jonathan Gruber was not talking about us when he told everyone, he said, voters are stupid. Because I didn't vote for anyone who voted for Obamacare. Well, so, actually, by the way, he said Americans are stupid. And, and and even more than that, I had Celinda Lake, the progressive pollster that I showed, actually was behind. She concocted the phrase, if you keep your doctor, if you like your doctor, you can keep it, the whole lie thing. How she even, she mocked in an opinion piece that she wrote in the Huffington Post. She was the lead pollster for Obamacare. She said that... When marketing these kinds of things, she said, perception is more important than reality. This is what she wrote. So even she thinks everybody's so stupid that they just tell Americans what they want to hear. Uh, so exactly, that's what they want to hear. You can keep your doctor. You can keep your insurance plan. Uh, I'm going to heal the nation. When, I, when I'm elected office, we're not going to have any racial uh, boundaries, on and on it goes. Whatever Americans want to hear. And indeed, we were taken for idiots. At least, it's true, not not Republican voters largely, uh, but the vast majority of Americans were taken for idiots. Thanks so much, uh, Jenna, Minnesota. Sorry, I'd love to keep you on. We've got so many calls here, so let's go next to Dominique in Long Island, who is calling about the illegal immigration issue. Uh, by the way, I know that Obama now is is saying uh, that there is a 
nativist trend within the Republican Party. Uh, nativism, by the way, means it, a political position that vehemently opposes immigrants of any kind uh, coming into the United States. So he's saying that some within the Republican Party are nativist. Hmm, nativist. Hmm, where did he get that from? Seeing as though everything he does is marketed and branded. Uh, well, I traced it all back with the help of Brenda J. Elliott, actually. It's at coinonline.com. He took this specifically from the academic left and actually professors at California State Universities. They ta uh, talked about nativism and how this is a new scare tactic, pretty much, that can be used uh, just as they, they say racism to get whatever they want. Now the new thing on immigration reform is nativism. Uh, Dominique in Long Island, welcome. Go for it. Uh, Aaron, you need another hour at least. Uh, we need I to know. build a wall. We need to build a wall on the border. We did have the transcontinental railroad. It's not impossible for us to build a wall. You should survey Congress on how they could do this because Congress appropriates the money. I understand something like that. And China and Israel have a wall. This wouldn't be a stupid thing if we built a wall. Yeah, Israel uh, has a huge wall, by the way. They had an illegal alien problem. A huge wall built, uh, and I can testify to that. I've seen it. It's working. Anyway, so sorry to Andrew in New Jersey, Joel in Manhattan, Michael in Manhattan, and others. I see you guys on the line taking many more phone calls next week. And, of course, I'm here every week, 7 to, and more calls pouring in right now, 7 to 9 p.m. Follow me on Twitter at Aaron Klein Show, Facebook.com slash Aaron Klein Show.